From the LiveX studios in New York City, Cheesehead TV brings you two guys who like to think they know something about football. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Packer Transplants Live. I am Aaron Nagler, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Corey Benke, my partner here at Cheesehead TV. I'm coming to you live from the Nagler Studios deep in Astoria, Queens, and Corey joins us from across the street at Lambeau Field, and we are ready to talk some Packers. What do we have on tap today, Corey? Today, we tend to the wounds of another heartbreaking loss in the playoffs against the 49ers and look ahead to a Packers offseason full of promise and hope. But right now, it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. We got the good, we got... Aaron Jones, just put him here permanently. I wish. We got the bad we got. Darnell, missing tackles, savage. We got the ugly we got. Corey's favorite Packer, Anders Carlson. Oh, rough, rough outing for the rookie kicker. Corey Banky, how the hell are you, man? Oh, are you talking about the uh, 2023 draft bust, Anders Carlson? <laughs> that you're talking about now 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 sir you know you cannot judge a draft for at least three years sir yeah this is the thing i agree with you but i i inherit i inherently disagree vehemently however many synonyms i can use for drafting a (laughs) kick specialist in the draft so if a if a player shouldn't even be drafted you can judge them the entire time it's just not a right immediately the, Especially when they're handed the, the NFL job. The NFL should not allow kickers and punters in the draft, in my opinion. Like it shouldn't. It's not. It shouldn't That's even be a move? position you can you can choose. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know when you're in your fantasy draft and you can just eliminate whole p- positions and whatever. Like it's the draft. It's only running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Nothing else. Yes. That's what Corey would do with kickers and punters. In I the would. NFL draft. I would. I like it. I would. I get it. I understand it. Um, I mean, I still want to keep field goals, and I still want to keep extra points. Right, no, and I still want to keep, utilize those you know, positions. Yeah, also, I like I, I love Pat McAfee. They talked about the whole touchback thing because I didn't even realize that was mm-hmm. controversial. Like, oh the yeah, whole, dude, like, fumbling wars on Twitter every time dude, it happens. Yes, he said it so succinctly, better than I could. So I'm not going to say it again. But it's like. It's your territory. It's the other person's territory. If you give the ball up in the other person's territory, they get the ball. It's not fucking rocket science. I don't understand. I this. don't think I never understood. It's not confusing at all. I don't get it. No, it makes total sense. It's very like you precious just, by the goal line. Yeah. Take care of the ball. Like that shouldn't be controversial at all. I'm with you. But yes, every time it happens, there are huge flame wars on Twitter about it. It's, I mean, they already you, it's already hard enough to fumble in the end zone. As soon as you cross the plane and if you had possession, you have, you have a touchdown. Exactly. So, so just keep what? the ball in your hand until you cross the goal line. And this should not be controversial. It shouldn't be difficult, especially to understand as you're sitting there on your sofa. Come on, people. Um, we're off script already. I love it. I do, before we get going, want to give a shout out to our new partners here at Packer Transplants, Cheesehead TV, our friends over at Nicolay Law. Outstanding stuff. If you are in need of any kind of uh, legal help in the Wisconsin area, these are the folks to call. Uh, they are from the area. They know the area. And look, they know everything having to do with anything when it comes to Everything you're going to have to deal with, but then not have to deal with once you engage them. That's their whole thing. All they want to do is take everything off your plate so you can go on living your life while your case is being handled by them. So check out Nicolay Law. 
excellent stuff, excellent people, and the Wisconsin people, the best kind. Taking over you know Wisconsin. It. Yeah, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. You know what else we love? We love the hotness. Let's get to it. Time for the hotness. Now, it's always difficult choosing the hotness after a loss, especially a loss that ends the season. And there were still a number of uh, possibilities. But I got to go with my guy Aaron Jones ripping off a 53-yard run in the divisional round of the playoffs. Not only for what Aaron did, but for what everybody on offense did on this play. Let's take a look. I mean... I got to admit, the fact that this led to zero points is really upsetting. But this run, look at the alley. You talk about Lombardi style. We're going to get a seal here and a seal here. And Aaron Jones is going to keep moving around and trucking fools and getting as much yardage as he possibly can. Let's take a look from the end zone angle. I mean, this Watch is what I'm Christian about. Watson here. He needs yes. to, If he just gets one block at the end, he could probably open it up a yeah, little bit more. Right there. Here, now Ward, there. Ward take out seven. Down. Take out seven, nine. What are you doing, nine? Take out seven. <sighs> it's the more killer awesome instinct run. from these wide receivers. That is an awesome run. But, you know, he should have had a touchdown. Come on. Be it would have been nice. Well, you know, I mean. If the, he played on the Aaron Ravens, Jones, the Chiefs, or the Niners, the... he would have had a touchdown. Let's be real. Yeah, I don't know about that's all that. That's the difference. But that's the difference. It's a hot, that's the difference. That's a hot run. That's why we're that's not, in, that's why we're not in, the, in the playoffs right now. Oh, right there. I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. I mean, it's a contributing factor. Let's put it that way. But this if is the wide receiver. Corey. Wide receiver blocking was really good. But if wide receiver blocking could be better, we would be mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. Just saying. Just saying. I love how you have these sweeping proclamations off of. Well, think about play. this. Think about this. You just said it yourself. Okay, okay right. it's a great run, right? Great run, yep. excellent run, right? But we yep. don't finish. So yep. the fact that we don't finish, then we don't get a touchdown, right? So had we right. finished, we could have won the game. Okay. See, this is why I almost chose the Bo Melton touchdown because that play design is so hot. But the safety falls down, so it feels kind of like a cheat. Like, okay, yeah, it's a touchdown. He's wide open. And I think he scores regardless of the safety falling down or not. But it's not as hot as a play as well executed as that. Yeah, that, that run was sick. Usually for well, eight I'm or not... nine yards, it ruptures into 53. I mean, that's an awesome play. Well, and, and and you know, we talked about it last week, but, like, the difference on this team besides Jordan Love Ascension is Aaron Jones for five games straight. I mean, just return, incredible yes, play sir. by him as a specialist. Yep. Um, you know, probably, it, arguably, the, the greatest, for the 2023 Green Bay Packers, the greatest uh, leader of, uh, of the team. Oh, Zero question. Zero doubt. Um, well, you know, we've talked about the hotness, Corey. Now it's time to get to Packers news, of which there were a few headlines today, Corey. A few headlines. Yeah, it was an early um, morning. I, I noticed you didn't get up very early. Everybody had already retweeted. I'm like, where's Nagler? Where's Nagler? Where's Nagler? And every, sir, everybody sir, re- I retweet, retweeted, I retweeted the, it. Adam Schefter. I retweeted it literally two minutes after Pelissero put it out. Two minutes, uh, you were, and then you I had a late. video up in fifteen minutes. Don't you come, don't come for your boy. Don't come for your boy. No, sir. Not with the fact that I had this I was set just up surprised. in like three minutes. So surprised flat. how late we were. I'm just gonna be honest with oh, you. You know what I mean? Whoop your ass next time I see you. Oh my god! I, the the hoops I jumped through this morning, Banky. Oh my god! 
Anyway, <laughs> Joe Barry won't be defensive coordinator in 2024, and I might not be with Cheesehead TV in 2024 if this keeps up. Joe Barry, out the <laughs> gate. What was your reaction, Corey, when you read don't the threaten news? Me. <laughs> um, don't don't make me excited. Don't tease me. Um, I was trying to find the right synonym. Uh, where was I? I was in bed and I was waiting for our tweet. That's what I, that's where I was. No, uh, what was my reaction? My reaction was, um, what took them so long? You know what I'm saying? Like, why did we wait until Wednesday? What What is Monday for? Is Monday just not a day anymore? You know what I mean? Like, well, that was when Matt said he was doing his process and he was going over everything and he wanted yeah. to. Okay, go, so Monday you talk to quote? Joe, get the triangle on board Tuesday morning, Monday afternoon. You know what I'm saying? This Pull is a, this little nit I'm going to pick. Just what are you waiting for? The gun, the, the bullets in the gun? Put him out of its misery. Maybe, he, maybe we take him at his word and he was actually going through the entirety of the season before making uh, a decision. And reviewing every game and every, you know, the ins and outs of the entirety of the season rather than just emotionally pulling the trigger after a loss in the playoffs. I mean, I hear you on the 30,000-foot view. I totally hear that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Matt the benefit of the doubt. But, like, realistically, he knew he was going to fire Joe Barry at some point this season. He made it like, to your, to to your point. I tend to agree with He didn't wait until Monday. He right. didn't look at the film and was like, okay, Joe, if I see good film, I'm going to keep you. <laughs> I wanna, you're going to stick around. Yeah, I do tend to think once no. the Tampa game happened and Matt legit publicly says, I have to get more involved on the defensive side of the ball, it's real hard to come back from that. Right. I mean, they did show improvement after that, which is probably even more damning. But I don't think Lafleur wants to go into 2024 having to hold his defensive coordinator's hand. You know, and look, I think Joe did some decent stuff throughout his time in Green Bay. Certainly got off the field a number of times against San Francisco where I was pretty damn surprised. I mean, you and I were on watch party going, we actually got to stop. Well, we actually got another stop. I mean, there were a number of opportunities for the offense to take control of that game. It's not like oh, the yeah. defense got blown off the field. You know what I mean? Which a lot of people were expecting. But at the end yep. of the day, like I said, I think once Matt had to kind of hold his defensive coordinator's hand, that was the beginning of the end. That's my suspicion anyway. Yeah, no, I blame the entire playoff loss on Anders Carlson. There's no doubt about that. But, you know. <laughs> of course you do. do, 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 do. In I other mean, actually, I, I blame it on Brian Gutenkunz for drafting a fucking kicker in the draft. He should just he should listen to me for the last fourteen years, and I I, I know that one thing: you don't draft any kickers in the you don't use draft value in the draft for kickers. <sighs> Got it. Noted. I wish he'd listen uh, to me we'll, about that. We'll let Brian know. <laughs> in other coaching news. Another coordinator level uh, coach has been let go. That's right. Strength and conditioning coach Chris Gizzy has been fired by LaFleur. This one kind of took me by surprise, I will admit. Though, obviously, with the issues, soft tissue injury stuff going kind of pretty rampant around the team at times during Gizzy's tenure, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise. But probably the thing that I should have seen coming is the fact that Gizzy was an inherited coach, right? Like he was already on the staff as an assistant in the strength and conditioning program. And then Matt, when he came on board in 2019, made him the head of strength and conditioning. Um, and then, yeah, this season, I think there were probably some internal frustrations 
Uh, although, by the numbers and metrics, Packers were not even close to, quote, the most injured team. Like, yeah. as far as games lost by starters and things of it that nature. It had to be something else. Because how, how do you make soft injuries hard? You know what I mean? Like what? Uh-huh. I know they're going to the University of Madison and to right. do some, like, yep. testing and all this stuff. But it's like, really? Specialists. Like, mm. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. It's interesting. So it's they an interesting do, call. They didn't do enough calisthenics. They didn't do enough hamstring <laughs> right. exercises. They didn't do enough up downs. They did. You know what? What are we missing? Well, here? here's my thing. Here's my here's my one kind of thought here is that perhaps you know because Gizzy obviously was a player in the league. Packers fans will remember very famously he ran out of the tunnel with the flag, the first Monday Night Football game after 9/11. That was kind of his claim to fame as a player but obviously played in the league, right, at a very different time and then has been with the Packers in this capacity, I think since 01, I want to say, or I'm sorry, 08, something like there, after he got done playing. And then, you know, over this time where Matt has been in the league, I do not doubt, like, things have changed as far as whatever the new thinking is on soft tissue injuries in particular, but probably strength and conditioning in general. It's probably very different than when Chris Gizzy started out. And I'm sure Matt, mm. or I'm not sure, but my guess is Matt probably wants some really updated thinking on everything when it comes to strength and conditioning. So, I mean, it's kind of what happened when Matt came on board at offensive line, right? Remember how everyone freaked out because he brought in Adam Stenovich, who no one had ever heard of. But it was like Steno was new era and had, you know, really new ideas about offensive line play. Whereas Campen, who was the, you know, long tenured, really well-regarded coach was kind of rooted in older philosophies. So I suspect that's driving this more than anything else. That would be my guess. Yeah, I would agree. I wish, you know, what I wish is that I wish that the triangle would take this certain pieces of the triangle, Mark Murphy, and uh, (laughs) apply this approach uh, to other uh, divisions of 1265. I'm not going to name which Mm. ones, but I think you can probably figure out which ones I'm talking about. Interesting idea. There's one in particular I'm thinking about. Where, mm-hmm. like, you know, really should you have a VP who came from local television be your VP? <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, You just can't help weird. yourself, can you? Yeah, it's just a little weird. You. But it's kind of the same idea, right? It's like Chris Gizzy, he right? had the he, yeah. remember, he had the flag. Rooted in older technology and older methods. And, and, and yeah, he's been with the you. team a while. And, you know, yeah. yeah. It's like sometimes you got to mix it It's up. comfortable. Right? It's comfortable. What's not comfortable is moving on and trying something new and maybe finding your way through some ideas you're not familiar with and not comfortable with. I hear you. Definitely hear you. Now, you mentioned it. Also, you got to feel like, sorry, you got to feel like Matt is feeling the triangle a little bit. We talked about how the triangle doesn't get to decide, but the triangle does get to decide about Matt. So the triangle doesn't get to micromanage, but the triangle gets to manage. Yeah, right. so you almost feel right. like I'm not saying he probably would have done this on his own, but you know, mm-hmm. you never know. You never know where the triangle sits on this. <laughs> the triangle doesn't get to micromanage, but it gets to manage. That's a that's a shirt. I like that. I mean, because it's it's completely true. Although it's so funny to think back. Remember when Matt was first hired, and there was Spoon's report about there are you know people in the building which read, i.e. Murphy and Gutekunst, who have strongly suggested he keep Petten as his defensive coordinator. Like, hmm. so it wasn't like you have to do this, but we'd really like you to. I do wonder if there were any of those types of conversations. Um, I doubt it, but you never know. 
I doubt it. I doubt know. it. And also, like, I the Patton thing, like, he was smart to keep Patton because it allowed him Buys it allowed him to have a, a – yeah. Well, it allowed him to have another gimme to take Barry, right? And so then, you Correct. know, it's like you you almost get a you, – you get a chip. It's like, okay, I'll do what you want. Yes. But yep. now when it doesn't work, I get to do what I want, and it, it, gets, right? it keeps that chip. And now that hasn't best. worked. So now it's what do we want? Because that's the other thing. He's got to land it this time. He's got to stick the landing. Whoever it is. It's got to work, or else that's probably. Well, I kind of feel like I feel like I. Here's what I think about: if you look back on the old process, it was like, okay, I've landed on dipshit. Oh, dipshit doesn't want to do it. Damn it! I don't have a second dipshit. You know what I'm saying? So it was like he no, fell back no. on his friend. You know, he couldn't take a terrorist. Right? The terrorist refused him. So then right. he was like, oh, shit, he didn't have a backup, really. He didn't really have a secondary backup plan. And that's what happens when you try to hire people from the University of Wisconsin. You know, the other thing that happens when you try to hire draft people from the University of Wisconsin is you trade them. That's usually what happens. Anytime we take a University of Wisconsin player, Cole Van Landen, hi, I'm talking to you, uh, we take them for lesser trade value. So I think we need to learn our lesson here and stay away I think from players sir, I think and coaches from the University of Wisconsin. Because it, it, it look at the history. Twisting results retroactively one, to fit your name narrative. Name one here. person, name one coach or player right. that came sure. from the yep. University of Wisconsin that has succeeded at the Green Bay Packers in a Well, in okay, a it's very, hard when you've had Ted Thompson in the building for like a decade plus literally actively avoiding Wisconsin products. Like yeah. he admitted it. Cause he's right. He was so he was smart until 2017 when he lost all functionality, but until he yeah. did that, he was very smart. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should, and you know what else Ted didn't do? Well, that's what not true. I was going to say something that I was going to say some, something he didn't draft, but I don't think that's true because he drafted a couple things that I kind of well, hey, don't agree with. Watch what you ready for this transition. You ready for this? Speaking of yes. university of Wisconsin, you did mention it before, Corey. Uh, both Christian Watson and Eric Stokes are set to see a hamstring specialist and enter some kind of program there at UW-Madison to get a handle on these issues they've been having. Watson, in particular, is so important, man. We all saw how absolutely explosive and impressive he was as a rookie, and he had his moments this year, but he never really came close to achieving that ceiling again his second season a lot of it due to the fact that he was on the sideline for much of it. They got to get this kid right because he is a blue chip player. He is a special player that when he's on the field, he makes a monster difference for this offense. And whatever he and they can do uh, to figure this hamstring thing out, they got to do it because you cannot lose another yeah. three fourths of a season to these things in any way, shape, or form. Also, I hear everybody on Tauscher. Okay, I'll give you Tauscher, but get away with J.J. Watt and T.J. Watt. They didn't play for the Packers. I'm talking about players <laughs> that we drafted and took. Okay? See, Ted could have taken T.J. Watt. I'll see you one J.J. Watt to. and T.J. Watt, and I'll mm-hmm. I'll push in uh, Russell Wilson. So get the fuck out of here with your University of Wisconsin bullshit. Russell Wilson has a Super Bowl ring. I mean, he may not be the greatest quarterback right now, but it's not he like he's been sucks. terrible his entire career. He sucks. <laughs> he he led the Broncos to a victory over the Packers earlier this year, and that's and that's why he that's why what's his name's trying to get rid of him. Mm, interesting. <laughs> no, no, he's he's getting rid of him, no doubt. 
I'm just interesting. Saying, like I understand works. the Wisconsin hate, but I think you're twisting it a little bit. Just a little bit. Russell Finally, Wilson fact, is not good, okay? And also, we make okay. bad quarterbacks look good. That was our MO. That this is season. true. So the fact that, that Russell Wilson MO. beat us. Doesn't say a whole lot. Sense. <laughs> Finally. That also I can't means Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, unfortunately, by the way. I also can't believe the timing of this, but the Packers have signed a kicker, Corey. They literally announced it right before that. we went live. Hmm. Maybe Jack we should have done Denson. that instead of drafting one. Yeah, did you see his stats? His stats Possibly. really line up with uh, his stats really line hey, up with Anders Carlson. There was a great write up in the Cheesehead TV draft guide that I highly recommend everyone go check out if uh, you uh, are so inclined to read about undrafted kickers who spent time in Minnesota, but were the SEC Special Teams Player of the Year in 2022. So who knows? We'll see. Be fun to see if he what is, gets a, what a is real our shot. what is the deal with the SEC love for kickers? I don't get this. Well, Brian, but not just SEC kickers, but Brian was the Southeast scout. Don't ever forget that's his route. You know, that's where he was down those kind of environs for a long time as a younger scout. He loved, and plus, hell, SEC players are generally really good and do tend to fare well in the NFL. Like I got no problem drafting SEC people or bringing in. But SEC like kickers, kids. though, like, I'm, no ta- I'm specifically that. talking about specialists, though, because like if you think about it, the SEC doesn't kick in know. the cold. No, generally no. What you want a University of Iowa product? Is that what you're telling me? No, I maybe don't a Michigan know kicker about kickers. I know, and I I don't care. You know, they shouldn't draft know. them, but you don't know anything about kickers. Well, the reason they shouldn't draft them is because of our history with the draft and okay that makes sense i mean like and also like there's just there you're in my opinion it's not it's less about drafting a kicker and like oh getting a kicker it's more about who you couldn't draft because you drafted a kicker you know for every kicker you draft you miss out on a donald driver because brian's really good at the draft you know and so like i just think it's not a place you need to draft or a jonathan ford who hasn't played in two years or you know I think you're mostly throwing darts at the end of the draft. And yes, could you potentially miss out on a contributor? Yeah, possibly. But the hope is, is that you find a long-term solution if you are utilizing a draft pick on a kicker. Now, obviously, early returns are a little frustrating on Carlson, but we'll see. I mean, he he, he, uh, he lost us at least three games, including a playoff game. I mean, he contributed to the playoff loss. I'll give you that. Zero question about it. No doubt about it. 41 If you can't kick a 41-yard field goal, what the fuck are you doing in the NFL? 41 uh, fucking yards. Better? 41! 41! Okay, I get it if it's like 46 or 47. 41. Come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> and what's crazy it. is he it. didn't miss anything under 40. That's what's fucking crazy. It's like, oh, 41. That's my kryptonite. That's the kryptonite and the left hash and the the snap was a little off though. I thought Whalen did a great job of getting it down. Like people were talking about this bad snap and I was like, the snap's a little to the right, but Whalen gets it down in time and turned out right. And like, I think that's, that's reaching. That's stretching to try and excuse the kids miss right there. I mean, he hit one earlier in the game. Where got... It was literally the snap was on the ground. You know, this he is hit a that little one controversial. Fine. Oh boy, but I go. I don't like that Mason Crosby is has the most points in Green Bay Packer history. I think we should have got rid of him before he got that record. I know that <laughs> I know that's a hot take. What? I just don't. <laughs> Why? What? Why? Just, Only you would like care him. about that. 
only you. I just don't like. I don't. I don't like seeing a kicker's name as the most points scored. That's the like NFL, it. though, especially in the modern yeah. age. Almost like every team like Paul has Horning, a kicker as their leading like, scorer. Like Paul Horning, it makes sense because it's like, oh, he he he's he was a punt returner. <sighs> he's Paul he Horning. He's golden boy. That image. Dude, if Paul that, Horning, that if Paul is... Horning had played seventeen games, that record would never fucking be broken. By the way, I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. They played 17 games when Paul Horning oh was, was, uh, was playing. There is no way that Mason Crosby would have beat his record. I'm just saying. So let's move on to the offense because I'm sick of talking about kickers. Um and I'm going to start with Zach Tom because holy cow, this game really turned on its head when Zach Tom got ousted by the spotter, I guess. I mean, I know he goes in the concussion protocol and they checked him out and didn't allow him back in because of that, etc. But that was a really frustrating kind of sequence because Zach himself looked kind of perplexed as to why he was being taken out, which I guess you would be if you had head trauma but or whatever. But didn't he have the concussion? Wasn't a concussion? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, yes, apparently because he, he was, was tested for one. in the game. He was tested, he was tested yeah, yeah. and he had some some who knows, but yes, so they declared, yeah, you can't go back in the game. But yeah, the whole thing really turns on its head there. You know, it's like I'm look, Yash Nyman has done amazing stuff for the Packers over his tenure in Green Bay, but he was so overmatched out there. And I do think Matt got a little carried away with trying to run the same offense, quote-unquote, with, you know, Nyman in there the same way he would have run it with Zach Tom, and it was very clear that Nyman was not up for that. Like, I do think, you know, they still found a way of working. They still move the ball at times, but, yeah, I think especially in the fourth quarter, man, it it really got to Jordan 
as far as like his relationship to the line of scrimmage, what he was seeing, kind of dropping his eyes for the first time in like two months. Like he knew that rush was coming and they only had to rush four. So that allowed them to play tons of different coverages in the back end. And I think Jordan got some happy feet. I think he made some bad throws because of it. This is all, yeah, obviously this is just my opinion, but yeah, Zach Tom getting that, that, that concussion really, really. I mean, here's something <sighs> that's crazy. I was looking at this. We were talking about, and we're going to talk about defense, but we were talking about um, the mm-hmm. Patreon happy hour last night. We were talking, and the, I'm going to get to a point here with back to Zach Tom. So just, just bear with me for one second. I hear you. I hear uh, you have the floor. So we were talking about, we were talking about uh, Devondre Campbell, who's in the middle of his uh, fifth year deal, $50 million. Right. He's right in the middle. Like he's about to go into the third year, I believe. And how yep. he counts a bunch of dead money. Well, I'm looking at dead money because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like looking at dead salary cap stuff. And oh, lo and behold, there's David Bakhtiari at the top of the list. So, what happens when David Bakhtiari, what happens to Rashid Walker? Does Rashid Walker go to the right side? And then does Zach, does what, who, who's the odd man out here when David Bakhtiari comes back? Okay. A, if David Bakhtiari comes back, we'll talk about this later in the if? program. Um, if he's I mean, coming a possibility he's not back. I, well, I, okay. We will get there. If you would ever read the script beforehand, you know. I read the script. I didn't get that far ahead. (laughs) But who is the odd man out? I bet Rasheed Walker is your swing tackle. Most likely. Because Zach Tom ain't going anywhere. Rasheed Walker has. Well, that's. Got it. But doesn't that. Like. Okay. Okay. We'll get there. Everything you want to talk about. I just about, feel like we'll I feel like Rashid Walker is going to become the new Yash, kind of. If that happens, I kind of feel like. Kind of, it's a possibility. Except like he's, he's a draft, pick, a former draft pick. Yeah, but yes, he will be your guy off the bench if and when things happen. What you need? Because it's like you I got, mean, do you, you got. Do you Zach remember the Tom days of Jason you do, you Griggs do. coming in and everything yep. falling apart? Like at least with Nyman, you could yep. somewhat operate, right? Like and that's. I, I'm the just difference. gonna. I'm gonna. I'm just going to say I haven't looked at all the tape, but I have looked at a little bit enough to know that I have to apologize for my comments uh, to Josh Myers because Josh Myers in the last, like, four or five games has been pretty stellar. So uh, Look at you. It takes a big man, Corey. Well done. I mean, I just I was I talked a lot of shit about him in the early season. I didn't really wait for him to develop enough, and you know, and you know, in his. Third I mean, year, wait a second. Right? I think it's understandable when you know that's your starting center. It's a pretty damn important position, and you're seeing week after week some of the same problems keep you know cropping up. I understand being frustrated by that. He really, but he, he really did. came on. He did improve, year, though. Yeah, he did. Now I don't think he's perfect. I don't think he's an all pro or anything like that, but he's playing way better and more consistently, which was the real bugaboo coming into this season, the lack of consistency. I think he's played a lot more consistently over the course of the last like four or five games. And again, it hasn't been perfect, but he's been better. There's zero doubt about that. Well, and the other thing is, you know, do the Packers take a guard in the draft? I mean, I know they're going to take one, but like they need to take one high. I feel like. I doubt it's high. You know, they've done such a good job Everybody of says identifying that. Like, talent take late that. in the draft. Well, know, no, it's not it. that I don't think they'll never do it, but, like, I think unless there's just an insane value, like, let's say there's a guard, right, who they have rated as maybe not a blue-chip player, but, like, a top in the, on their board they think is, like, top 25, right, and he drops to round three, then, yeah, they'll take a guard. You know what I mean? Because the value is just too insane yeah, but, to pass yeah. up. 
but not. But they're not going to. I doubt they target it. You know what I mean? Like they'll yeah. do what they always do. They'll find a tack, a college tackle or two that has really good feet, and they think, okay, we can make that guy into a guard, and we'll use him in our. It's zone. just so weird that like right now today, as the Packers depth chart is that. Runyon is still the starter over Ryan. I don't understand. Yeah, but he's set to be a free agent. He won't be. You know, that's yeah. why he was crying in his locker. Which, by the way, that's an amazing piece of film. Watching Runyon be asked about, you know, the future and the real possibility that he won't be in Green Bay next year and how emotional he gets about it. Man, that's some real shit. And I think, hey, it's pretty clear the kid loves playing in Green Bay. How much does it yeah. got to suck? loving your job, loving what you do, your guys you're playing with, the offense you run, loving it, and knowing in your heart of hearts that, yeah, I'm probably gone, and they don't want to bring me back. I mean, I just don't understand why. That does have to to suck, but I still don't understand why they kept sharing snaps so much. Like, uh, one of the questions I wish I knew from stand-up is, is, why why did it? Yeah, why were they sharing like fifty percent of the snaps through the end of the whole season? It's just so weird. It's like, to see, why did they, like what is the thinking? I'm not. I'm not saying I'm against it, but it's like, what is the thinking no, there you. to not to not kind of solidify the five? Because we never really got five solidified as far as like eighty no. percent snap count. Which no, know, it's kind of weird yeah. for the pet Green Bay Packers. I feel like it's bizarre. It is never. I've never seen it done before, ever. Like, yes, it's a very odd situation. And how much does it got to suck for Runyon knowing this kid's coming in and playing 50% of the snaps? He's probably the guy taking my job. But I'm going out there in the next series. Like, it's just so bizarre. Well, and that's the other thing. We talked about it like two weeks ago on that of like, you kind of feel like one's better at pass protection, one's better at run protection. But like, if I'm the defensive coordinator, I'm just like targeting. I'm just, oh, is there a tell? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Like, I think, uh, I think I know what's coming. Um, yeah, but no, it, it is it is odd. There, There's no two ways about it. But, hey, here's the other thing. I do think at some point they probably reached it. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago where they were doing it, right, and they were really hoping Ryan's pass pro would improve much more than maybe it did throughout the season. But they were doing so well and moving the ball and scoring points, and they were in such a good groove with it that they thought, okay, let's not mess with it. You know what I mean? Because, like, at some point, look at the production. I mean, Aaron Jones, the passing game, everything was alive over the course of the last month and a half. Why fuck with it, right? Like, just keep doing it because it's working. That's my my guess, right? Because I think you're right. They would probably prefer let's find one dude and stick with him. But, hey, it's working. Why mess with it? That's my guess. Because it is. You're right. It is really unusual and really odd. Um, another thing on offense that I absolutely loved in this game is we kind of touched on it on that Aaron Jones run, the 53 yarder Matt LaFleur really found something on the edge in this game that I suspect kind of maybe not surprised the 49ers, but really took advantage of the 49ers. Uh, most of these outside runs, which I thought, I think I said it on watch party. Like, why are we doing this? Like, this is like their linebackers are so good. They're so like sideline to sideline savvy, uh, their athletic ability is going to shut most of this down. And they popped so many big runs along the edge, mostly due to, you know, some of that wide receiver blocking that we were talking about before, yeah. but like they have the three, whoever, whether it was Watson, Reed, whoever crashed down on the defensive end, they did a great yep. job. And then they would like kick Zach Tom out. He would take a linebacker, create these alleys. 
I was so impressed with just LaFleur identifying, okay, here's something we can really take advantage of. And it's not like that was, I want to say, prevalent on most of the opponent tape reading, leading into this game. Obviously, I didn't watch every 49ers opponent. But, man, you talk about where re- Matt really gets in his bag. I mean, he was in his bag with some of that stuff against the Niners because they were so productive. And that was fun to see. That was that was good. And that's, man, you know, I got to wait for 2024. But I'm excited to see this offense get after it like that again because, God. Damn, that was fun. Um, and then finally, I mean, you can't talk about that game, can't talk about the Packers offense without talking about Jordan Love. And I think Jordan had an up and down game. He had a real tough ending to the game. Um, we talked about, you know, the absence of Zach Tom playing into that somewhat. That final throw, people are going to be talking about that. I know Bears fans have been in my mentions all week about it. Whatever. That's it. You talk about – remember how we've we've talked a, a couple times about how, you know, people comparing him to Aaron Rodgers, first-year starter, and we've said mm-hmm. a little more Favre in there than I see more Aaron Rodgers. And, man, that was Favre-esque at the end. I mean, I don't know what he's thinking there. I don't know what he sees. That is, that is boneheaded with a capital B. Um, that said, um, you cannot deny this, the run he went on the second half of the season. The level he played at was as good, if not better, than any quarterback in the league. I'm excited for everything coming for Jordan Love. But in a way, I don't mind a little, okay, here's something you really need to work on, which is end-of-game decision-making. Something Matt talked about. He, Jordan himself, mentioned it. Like, yeah, everybody's got to work on something. Everybody's got something they got to attack, right? And that's certainly going to be Jordan's thing this offseason. The two-minute situations knowing when to press the issue and when, okay, let's live for another down. I think that that's something yeah. he's going to have to learn. Here's the thing. Like Favre was a moron is a moron. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's mm-hmm. not intelligent, right? Aaron Rodgers is like super intelligent more so much so that he like has that, whatever that uh, symptom is where you think you're so smart, you're smarter <laughs> than everybody else. Um, Love's kind of in between, you know? It's like, you even listen to, I was listening to Favre talk about Holmgren, where Holmgren was like, don't do this, and Favre did it anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I just don't see. Often. Like, Rodgers would do that with Holmgren. Yeah, like, all the time, right? And, like, yeah. Rodgers would do that with when, when McCarthy, him and McCarthy got over it, right? But it wasn't, it, it might have been spiteful, but it was still a smart decision versus, like, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm just going to do this because Mike said don't do this. So there's there's a part of me that, like, you know, it, it's it's when it with Favre it became a trend where he just did dumbass shit and he never really learned from it you know and he didn't seem to right he didn't seem to he he learned from some stuff but he he never he never was a cerebral quarterback right he was like oh well they're gonna intercept it I'll just throw it fucking really hard and then they won't <laughs> you know and <laughs> I think well no one wait. I think there's a stretch when he's winning MVPs he's playing much smarter ball. I don't know if he's like reading defenses better or anything like that, but it's clear he got a lot better as far as knowing where to go with the ball, how to keep it out of harm's way somewhat. He, he still didn't even never know had, what like, nickel was. He didn't have, ever have like, minimal interception numbers, right? 
Yeah, no, he did. That whole story didn't about when he learned was. nickel, and I, I mean, I get that, but th- I'm not saying like, and and that's not like I we laugh at that, but it's like, and not like you should right. know that, but it's like, bro, you were in high school and college, and you never asked. Like that's that's curiosity right. as part of intelligence, right? It's like right. you know, it killed the cat, but it also makes you smarter. So I feel you. I don't know. I'm just like Jordan doesn't feel like that. He doesn't feel like that guy. It feels like he's a studier, and it feels like he's, yeah. You know how we got to that point with Jordan where, and we think we talked about it, where like when he lets go of the ball, I'm never worried. I don't have that heart in my throat. Oh, my God, where is it going, right? Like, is this going to end up in our wide receiver's hands or their defensive back's hands? Like, I never felt that the second half of the season. So then to see that throw in that moment, it was like so disheartening, heartbreaking. I know he's trying to make a play. I get that, right? In that moment, here's hoping he learns from that in a on a big stage, undoubtedly going to hear a lot about it this offseason, et cetera. But, I mean, you still can't take away, even despite a real tough ending, just an outstanding second half of the season from Jordan Love, which hopefully he builds on kicks, you know, hits the ground running next season and and picks up right where he left off prior to the fourth quarter of the divisional round. That's my hope. Yeah, and and I I would say the best thing about this offense having the baggage from the 49ers game now that they have this is that, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's one takeaway, it's that we can kick the 49ers' ass now. Like, we really can. (laughs) Well, we can. Yeah, we we can go toe-to-toe. We can, and that wasn't necessarily evident in other playoff games with the 49ers. So, I agree. I agree. It's nice when the when you show something, but God, we got to close with a deal on one of these before I, mean, I here's die. Here's what's crazy, right? Be the 49ers what's the crazy is again. what's crazy is we took Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed in this draft. That's crazy. Mm, I love it. That's insane. I love it. Cooking. Like, Cooking. Dobbs, if you have Dobbs, Watson, Dontavian Wicks, and who do you who do you Jayden put on the Reed. field? If you have four, when you go four wide with those four with Reed and mm-hmm. and then you put Craft in and you've got five, I mean what? You got what, what how do you? Hello? What do you do? What do you do as a <laughs> defensive know. coordinator? You you try to you don't know where you to do? roll the you, coverage. You, I'll tell you that. I mean, maybe you roll it to Watson, but then good luck with Reed. Good luck with everyone else. Yeah, I'm with you, man. It's exciting. And they're in their wait. first the year. Fact, like Watson's in his. Exactly. It's crazy. They're all in. It's just crazy yeah. to me. First or like second. We year. were in the. We were playing arguably the one of the best teams in the NFL at the height of when they are the best team in the NFL, mm-hmm. and they had nothing for us because we pretty much stopped Bosa most of the time until Zach Tom kind of got a little bit hurt late in the game. But otherwise, we had an answer for Bosa for the first time. And it's just it's really incredible to think about like how young this team is. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely love to see it. The thing you don't love to see is uh, on the defensive side of the ball when the Packers, you know, faced that final 49ers drive, game on the line. 49ers got the ball. They need to drive and score. I don't think there was a Packers fan alive. Probably some passing who have passed away looking down from heaven, thinking. Joe Barry's crew, you guys got this. The Packers defense letting us down one last time. And when I saw, and I think I said it on Watch Party, when I saw those two high safeties on the first snap of the drive, I knew it was a wrap. I knew it was a wrap. Why you don't come after Purdy there, I have no idea. I'll never know. Maybe that came up in Makes Joe Barry's sense. exit interview, but 
why on earth do you allow them to dink and dunk you to death, take all that time off the clock? I mean, you want a fitting ending to Joe Barry's time as the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. That final drive, despite everything, all the positive stuff he did in that game, and he did do some very positive stuff, to end it like that, to go down just completely as soft and as passive as you've ever been. Just one last time. Well, you knew it. That, you knew that's it. the crazy thing is like the time to risk it is then because if you risk it and you lose, they if score they a touchdown score, and you get three minutes for Jordan you've got Love. Time. You've got three minutes and a couple timeouts. Like, okay, let's go work. It's insane to me. I mean, like, I go back yeah. to the Holmgren time when yeah. he let them score in the Denver game because, like, you the need the ball. Super Bowl, the, yeah. In the NFL, the person who has the ball last is the typically, the majority of time, is the person who wins the game if the game's tight. And that's so, well, like, if they you have want, time to operate, you want that ball know, back. Less than a minute. The, yeah, yeah exactly. so it's like, it just, the other thing is, it just doesn't feel like, like, it's like, does the uh, does the defensive quality control coach like do they go hey here were our highest probable blitzes for the last three quarters maybe we should use one of these or maybe you know it just feels like yeah it right. just feels really the our defensive play calling just always felt kind of like we don't we don't really learn Passive. we don't really get smarter yeah yeah it's frustrating but now Joe Barry is out the door so we'll see what the future holds but it I was a mean... uh, Fitting ending, a fitting ending to Joe Barry's time in Green Bay. I, I don't see it changing. I'm sorry, it hasn't changed in 30 years. I don't see it changing today. <laughs> we'll see. Name one we'll time when. What, name one time in the last 30 years that you felt like the B Green Bay Packers defense in the playoffs was aggressive. 2010. Uh, the game in Seattle that we ended up losing. But we yeah. picked off Russell Wilson, what, five times? Like, they came after him in that game, and they played a lot of, you know, man underneath, single high safety stuff. They were confident, and they knew they could take advantage of the Seahawks. Couldn't close the deal, but that 2014 defense gets short shrift because they were not great. They didn't end up winning a championship. They they weren't great in the first half of the season. But when they switched, you know, Clay to the middle and put Micah the nickel full-time, it all turned around, and that defense at the end of the year was playing lights out ball. You know, obviously a terrible ending, but that's probably the last time I felt confident in our defense. That I felt like our defense was cooking. Well, but it's been a while. Unfortunately, that was the beginning. Been a long time. Ted, that was the beginning of Ted Slide. So, correct, one hundred percent. But interesting enough, speaking of Micah Hyde, uh, overall, when you look at the Packers' secondary, it needs to be better. It needs to be better now. Some of this will be kind of interesting to track as far as what they're asked to do, right? There's been a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, gnashing of teeth, some of it by myself, regarding how the corners play, how far off the safeties play, and things like that. I am fascinated to see, A, obviously, who gets hired, but B, what they ask this group to do. But regardless of what they're being asked to do, who is doing it has got to be better. I mean, Darnell Savage, you, 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 you need better. If you're the Packers, Keyshawn Nixon, I love Keyshawn Nixon as a dude, love him as a returner. They need much better at the nickel spot in a league where you're playing nickel 75% of the time. You need better at the slot position. Of course, that's a starter. Got to be better there. 
you know, and I mean, corner. I, I don't know if Valentine's the answer across from Jair. I don't know what Stokes is going to be coming back. But Carrington Valentine's only in his first year. I felt like he played pretty I know. well no, I know. here, and he had a lot. No, he has a lot okay. of upside. I mean, when him and the, the games when Jair was out and him and Valentine kind of took over, I just, I, I honestly think it's like, how do you have Jonathan Owens as your number one option at that second safety position? I do not understand <sighs> this. Like, what are we need doing? to be better? This is my point. And Jonathan I mean, Owens you, isn't like crazy upside. You took him from another team. No, you know, you it's took, like he's yeah, he's a dude. Well, you they know? saw a guy. I understood it. I understood that signing because you saw a guy who had worked his way up as far as a special teamer who earn more snaps on defense. And then his final year in Houston, he was a full-time starter for the first time. So it looked like an upward trajectory, right? And look, the other part was the cap, right? They needed cheap labor. Yep. They needed someone who... Well, and I bet they, they hoped fire, that Anthony never, Johnson Jr. would, would kind of be, be a... Be well, maybe, yeah, maybe I mean, I think they always the knew spot. that was I don't know. a bit of a project. project because of the style of defense he played in college. But you would hope he'd probably come along a little bit more than he did. But yeah, to this point, I think Andy and I talked about this on Monday or Sunday, whatever you had four dudes vying for two spots and nobody ever like claimed it. You know what I mean? Like where Savage came the closest as far as they seem, they definitely operated better when he was in there this year, but well, I think Savage Savage did show late in the season the promise of Savage more so than he has all you know in the last a little two bit. Years. But then he reverted to every problem area against the 49ers. You know, yeah, especially but, but also like actions. you hunt you hunt you know to your point about the cap issues, right? With Eric Stokes being the bust that he's so far become, not the first year, but in, mm. where he is now, right? Yeah. When you put so much on that position and then you don't have cap space to kind of get your way out of it, it's almost like the secondary is really to your, you know. But, you know, you say that, and then against the Niners, we had coverage sack after coverage sack. So there's a lot of upside there. There's there's a lot of upside, but, yeah, there's some holes. Of that, there's some holes of that is sure. design. Some of that is design, and shout out to Joe Barry. I thought they'd had a good plan, and that's what I mean when I say, you know, you look at the number of times they got off the field on third down to like exactly what we're talking about, right? You need a stop. You and I on watch party are sitting there going, "Oh God, we're not going to get a stop," and then they get a stop. You know, the offense could never extend that lead to a two-score yep. advantage. Oh, 100 percent, and oh, that 100%. all kind of works together. But you know, but then money's on the line, game is on the line. What does Joe Barry do? Everybody just keep it in front of you. Just play nice and soft. Anyways. You got to imagine that they're going to take a corner in round one through three. <laughs> I feel, or, oh, yeah. or a safety. Oh, Sa- gosh, yes. Safety in round no, two, no corner in round one. One of the two is getting taken on. Yeah, no doubt. I will be shocked. And maybe it's the reverse, somebody... to be honest with you. Because yeah. if we could get a Nick I mean, Collins depends... type early. Ooh. Right. <laughs> it all depends on value, right? It depends on who's available. Is there a Charles Woodson in the draft? Has. Can we take one? Please, thank you. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if it was that easy? Uh, yes, I'd like one Charles needed... Woodson, please. Thank you. <laughs> I needed Charles Woodson. Can I Can I, can I, I order like a Charles Woodson, please, and a Nick Collins on the side? Thanks. <sighs> okay. I, I do want before, fries with that. Before we uh, get done with defense, I do want to, because this is, you know, obviously a lot of frustration. I do want to shout out somebody who was kicking ass, and that's Carl Brooks. This kid played out of his mind in this game. Like, he's so good. He's been really good pretty much all season when they deigned to play him. Man, I love this kid. I'm so excited to see him with a year 
of conditioning, right? An off season of NFL conditioning, as opposed to your rookie year, you're kind of working for the combine and then you're kind of getting ready for the NFL season. And then it's a long ass season. You're a rookie. You're used to being done like a two months prior to when you're actually done in the NFL. And then the Packers go into the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. I love this kid. I think he's going to be a legit threat up front for the Packers next year. I love his game and you keep him cooking with Clark and, and Wyatt and all these guys up front. Carl Brooks is ascending. Love him. Well, and, and, you know, let, let's just, let's just take a second. Cause I have an idea for, for you guys might like, I just uh, pitched an Agler uh, for Packer transplants in the off season, but kind of going through the draft, but I, I just want to pull up the Packers draft mm-hmm. tracker. Okay. From, mm-hmm. uh, from yes, this sir. year, which is really awesome. Round one, Lucas Van Ness. Okay. Did we find the guy? Was he the guy I thought he could be? Not really. He had some good plays, had some sacks, but gr- really good pick, right? I mean, I think he's ascending and whatever. I think the, Luke, the, the arrow is pointing up. Yeah. Oh, arrow's pointing up. Yeah. So Luke Musgrave, arrow's pointing up. He finally found a way not to fall down. He got some touchdowns. He came <laughs> back from injury. Jaden Reed, right. up, up. What a, I mean, Tucker Craft, okay? That's number four. Colby Wooden, I think Wooden played later in the season and had some yeah, pretty he's, good he's plays. Yeah, okay. Got okay. into the mix. That's a hard mix of guys to get into, by the way, right? Yeah, like no you doubt. could see even Especially Van Ness could size. not get he's, in he's the a mix. Smaller dude. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't right. get in the mix. Sean Clifford, everybody's favorite backup quarterback. Dontavian <laughs> Wicks, amazing ascension to take get Wicks in round five. Holy smoly. Probably the best yep. round five pick wide receiver of the draft, I would think. And maybe Incredible. maybe the best in ten years as far as how he did in his rookie season. Brooks, who you just mentioned, really taking off the end of the season. Uh, we're going to skip who we took in round six because I <laughs> think that that was a terrible pick. Carrington Valentine, we just talked about him. Uh, I feel like he's ascending. I feel like oh, you know, I feel like he might be the guy. Got. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I feel like a lot of reps. Lou Nichols, we traded. Uh, never really got. No, they cut him. We, they we, cut him. We, they, cu- they cut, oh, him, they cut him, and then he got. He's on the practice squad. I think or he's on Atlanta's practice squad. Yeah, I think so, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was a miss. Anthony Johnson Jr. We talked about. He's backing up. Uh, um, uh, uh, Jonathan Owens. All the same. And then uh, right. Grant Dubois, who honestly, Dubose. it was the one. He's, a, he's on the practice squad. Yeah, he's right. on the practice squad. And honestly, the poor guy. Like we, we needed so many wide receivers. We were just like, take all the wide receivers. And so the fact that he's still well, on the practice squad, I feel like, does bode a, pretty well. Uh, he had a back issue and missed almost the entirety of the offseason and on a good chunk of camp. But they loved him, and he had really – he's had an amazing story, actually, if you if you care to read about it. But you love the fact that they kept him around, right? I can't wait to see him compete next year after hopefully a season that has allowed his back to get right. I mean – and then, I mean, you're talking about draft picks at that position especially, and then, like, we picked up Bo Melton last year off the practice squad for the Seahawks, and he just balled out. Yeah, like I love this. I well, love but that's seven. That's seven. You know, and arguably it's nine, but like let's call it that's right. seven contributing this year draft picks, which honestly in Green Bay Packers history is rarely not, is somewhat unprecedented. You know, it's we have rare. had drafts where yeah. one guy does, one guy hits. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. come on, yep. like especially in the, especially during the 2014 to 2017 window that we all know mm-hmm. was one of our trashiest draft windows for, you know, reasons because of Ted Thompson. But you know, 
that's it's an amazing draft class. Like I know we yes. got to wait three years for drafts, but you can you can say we we have an A good on start. this draft. Real so good far. start. <laughs> so far, real it's good an A start. for sure. Yeah, no question about it. Real good start. Real promising start. And then you couple it with last year's draft class. You're really starting to cook. Well, all no three years, question. really, you know, besides Eric Stokes, you know, but I mean, you know, all the, they're doing the, well. Yeah, it's not too bad. And also, I do want to say, I know you, we're still on defense. You know, mm-hmm. this all this stuff about I just don't believe how do, uh, this whole Devondre Campbell thing. I don't understand. Everybody goes, oh, we're going to restructure his contract. What is the incentive for a guy in a five year deal in the third year? to restructure their contact. The only reason you restructure it is to make it longer. But why would a guy restructure or they'll or restructure cuz there's more bonus money and they can cut him, but it's like I just everybody thinks we're going to get rid of Devondre Campbell and I just I don't see it. Like what am I missing? Well, I don't think you're missing anything. I think what you've just said makes sense, right? They did sign him to an extended deal and it's not like there's an easy out, but you never know. Look, the Dolphins literally just parted ways with their defensive coordinator so he could go be the Eagles' defensive coordinator so he could be closer to his family. You know what I mean? Like, you got to remember, it's a relationship-driven business. And there's every possibility that maybe, don't forget that tweet from a couple, like a month ago or whatever it was, where Devondre Campbell's clearly frustrated. Might Both sides might decide, like, okay, it's time for a clean break. You know, I hear and then you, he but like the problem solid. is he's you know I mean? like twelve like, million dead money though, and on a year where we don't have a lot of money to give. I hear you. I hear you. But that's Russ Ball's like, issue, not ours. Business. You know what I mean? No, I know, but like business. There's the the business side. You know what I'm saying? I know. Like Very Judy's got to think about totally that. Good. He can't just yep. he screws himself if he doesn't think about that. And also, Unless like he, he looked, knows. Yeah, What's there's that? stuff I don't. There's stuff people don't know, and also you look at Devondre Campbell's stats with his injuries this year, which I think is where mm-hmm. a lot of his you know complaining whatever came from was being played when he's injured. Is that his tackles are the same? If he'd have played all the games this season, right? You know, I know he didn't have the burst, but a lot of that's injury. So it's like I don't know. I th- I feel like people are unnecessarily hate. It's his, it's his seventh year. I feel like he's still got some gas left in the tank, and like we signed him for a five-year deal on purpose, you know. And it's like you're in in the third year. I feel like this is the time you you see what you got one more year at least. I don't know. That's where I am with fun. I think some of it will be driven by who the coordinator is, right? Because if you yep. sign or hire a guy who runs a scheme that he's really not fit or suited for, you make the case like, look, we you know we'd love to keep you around, but we don't think you're going to be utilized anywhere near as much or in the same way as you have been when you were an all pro, et cetera, you make the pitch that way. Maybe he sees it that way as well. But you know, we're not going to, we're not going to go to a four, three, all of a sudden, does anybody even run a four, three in the NFL anymore? You never know. The 49ers do. Yeah, of course. Sure. Oh, I thought, I thought yeah, nobody ran four, three anymore. isn't extinct. I know most of the league now runs out of it three, feels four principles, extinct. but it's certainly not it. I guarantee you it is not. And look, look but at like we're not going to hire a D coordinator season. to do a four three. Though. You never know. You never know. One more four. I'm, we, I'm sure I would I not be so dismissive. I would I'm not, not dismissing so dismissive. it. I'm just like you have to change so many things to do that. Well, not according to Matt Lafleur, your outside linebackers just become your defensive ends. Done. That's what Matt Lafleur was talking about earlier this season when they're in nickel. It's not okay. two down linemen, Corey. It's okay. four down linemen. Okay, if we ran a four three today. Right. Who's the Gilbert Brown player? Well, T.J. Slayton. Yeah, he's undersized. I mean, compared to Gilbert Brown, but, you know. No, I'm just saying, you need a nose NFL, tackle in that right. defense. You need a real nose tackle. You, know? you can't have no, you can't have no, 
like small ass dude. It, Kenny Clark is small, too small for the nose well, tackle. Hey, hey, you better start uh, boning up on the draft there, sir. You better get looking at some nose tackles then. No, because we're going to need a cornerback. Who runs a four no. three? I just—they're not going to hire a fourth. Come on, that's just not even happening. Yeah, you see, you're you. so you. dismissive. I can't believe you're so dismissive. I'll I mean, I understand it's probably not likely. I'm not betting because, like I'm saying, I will bet you one Nickelay Law Firm contract. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> be, <laughs> I will yes. bet you all the monies that we don't hire a four three, and it's fine. You can use this. You can use all this the video against me. All the money, all the I don't have many monies, so you know, whatever. Take it. You got more monies than I do. <laughs> Can we get to the off season? Like we're an hour into this, and we're not even at blogosphere yet. Okay, we're not an hour. We're fifty-seven minutes, just FYI. Whatever. It's it's the perfect end of season transplants because we are way, way, way off script. Um, possible Joe Barry replacements. I'm just going to go down this list here real quick. Don Wink, Martindale, Martindale out of the Giants. I know everybody is jonesing for this guy. I don't see it. I don't understand why people think Matt's going to go for an older dude who's been around a long time and already had really obvious kind of, you know, interpersonal issues with the last coach he was under. I don't know. I I just, I highly doubt it. Uh, And then there's Evero who, you know, with the Panthers, who is apparently on second interviews to be a head coach. I know he's interviewed with Seattle and a couple other teams, but he interviewed. With I would us love him. Last time. Yes, I was just going to say he was uh, essentially the kind of, I guess, neck and neck with Joe Barry for the job, and then Matt went with Barry. And I know Evero and Lafleur worked together out in L.A. Blah blah blah. I'd really like this hire. I don't think it's going to happen um, simply because, like I said, he's he's got bigger fish to fry at this point. Um, Marquad Manuel who interviewed for the Interesting. Uh, the defensive coordinator position in Jacksonville, did not get the job because they handed it to the guy who ran the Falcons defense. I, it's so funny because we've heard a lot about Al Harris, right? Which yeah. makes sense. I, I love Al. Totally been in the profession, the coaching profession now for a long time. I get why he's the hot candidate, but no one ever mentions Marco Emanuel. I mean, Manuel working with the Jets, working with Sala, who is clearly – connected and knows LaFleur, his best friend in the business, that's somebody who I would not be surprised if they brought in. Like, mm. run that Sala stuff. Let's go. Let's let, let's get a little deep water going here and pushing people in it. Um, I'd love that. And then finally, there's your guy, Corey. Could you, you imagine? You just put that in there. You just put that in there. Could you imagine no one, if they called happening. Jim Leonard? They're not. Okay. Call Jim Leonard. They're what not. would you do, Corey? They're what not. would you do? Because it's, I don't know. You know that I George never thought they Bush, were in the first okay. place. I'm going to talk. Oh, gonna, God. We're gonna talk oh, about, Jesus. We're going to talk about Georgia Bush here for a second. Shame me once. Shame on you. Shame me twice. Shit. Uh, yeah. That's what. That's why you don't take Jim Leonard. Right Won't get there. shamed again. It's Won't fool, get shamed again, it? baby. What are, you, what are you trying to do here? Won't get fooled again. <sighs> we'll see, Corey. I'm praying for you. That's all I'm telling you is I'm praying for you. There's no because if Jim don't, Leonard you don't becomes offer, the defensive okay. coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, you are going to catch so much hell both online and in your inbox okay. and here on transplants every week. It's not happening. Like it is good. 
that you I don't offer a guy a job. Sake. He turns you down, and then mm-hmm. five years right. later, however long it's been, three years later, go, three, three years. oh, hey, remember that job you turned me down? Do you still want that job, Jim? <laughs> Even though you sucked where you were and you were a terrible coach? Yeah. He wasn't a That's the other thing. What has Jim Leonard stop. done? What has Jim Leonard done in the last three years? Where did he work? Uh, yeah, well, he was a shitty little fucking now he's a... little shitty little state college in Wisconsin. Stop! Yeah. Why you got to do it? Why you got to? They're get not even. A, they had a bad defense. Did they even have Madison. a good defense? Did they even they have a good decent defense? defense? They were fine until they faced SEC passing attacks, and then they were in trouble. But you know, he was good. Oh, what he was yeah. asked to okay. Do. Interesting. But that's the thing. Like, why would you hire a college? Like, okay, My so take Madison always... out of there, right? right but why right, would right, you right. hire a college coach? Like, you okay? So we draft all these players, right? And and seventy six to thirty percent of the players we draft, uh, like the Anderson Juniors of the world, it takes them a whole right. year to figure out the system and the thing because they don't have right, that right. in college because it's, it's a different level. It's a different thing, right? So why mm-hmm. would why would we why wouldn't like, we're the fucking Green Bay Packers? We deserve – okay, if you're going to take a cast off, we should have a head coach or a D.C. Or build from inside because we had a successful D.C. But, like, if somebody's never been a D.C., I don't know that we need – like, we need Bill Belichick. At the NFL level, you mean. Like, yeah, let's gotcha. let's go after Bill Belichick, number one. Oh, let's God. Get him. You're talking about things that will never happen. If we got <laughs> like, Bill – how many Super Bowls would we win with Bill Belichick, Matt LaFleur, and Jordan Love? Think about it. All of them. All, all of them. them. We'd win all the Super Bowls. We would never lose any Super Bowl. It would be great. <laughs> oh, it is definitely time for Blogosphere. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get it. This week in the Packers That's right. It's this week in the Packer Blogosphere, the return of that venerable series. Corey, as you might imagine, the news that Joe Barry had been dismissed produced a lot of content on the Internet and lots of learned pieces about who might replace him, what the Packers might be looking for, deep dives into Joe Barry's record as coordinator in Green Bay, and very learned tomes of what went wrong and why it was time to move on and how things had been kind of foreshadowed after the Tampa game and very serious work. But I thought after perusing the internet all day long that Cheesehead TV Patreon member Amar really captured Packers fans. Like forget like we're trying to get inside the minds of the people involved and the seriousness of it all. Like, how Packers fans at their core, and yes, the man has a family, no one's dancing on his grave, he'll land on his feet. We're not too concerned about that. I thought Amar really captured it. Let's take a look. Yes! Bullion work! Yes! He's gone! <laughs> My Super Bowl! That might be my favorite video on the internet. That's so good. I mean, I get it. I totally get it. The fact that Amar calls it his Super Bowl is perfect. So good. So, yeah, I think that was the prevailing theme throughout the blogosphere today. Well done, Amar. Way to capture it. You know, I was Um, promised that we would talk about David Bakhtiari, but we never did. 
I'm just like, you know, early in the show, I was promised. We're, we're like, we're an hour I was in. promised. I was promised David Bakhtiari. I don't understand. All right. So, the Packers offseason. You want to talk about David Bakhtiari? Yeah, what do you think I feel like happen? he's coming because back. Because there's, there's two no major components back. here. I agree. However, we don't really know if he's still hurt, able to play. I mean, that's a pretty serious component to the decision, right? No, I hear that. And it's but no like we're not going to trade that's him. That's going to be the case. Cut him. We're going to try to see if he plays in the beginning of the season. They might and cut him. If he doesn't make the team, he gets cut, right? But they might cut him outright if 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 he decides he wants to play somewhere else. I know he has said he wants to return, but that was many months ago. Yeah, but like, who knows uh, what happens? Just this the way season. his he is the he is the highest dead cap of any player on our I team know. right now, right? So correct, like, correct. So like, I would think, is there any advantage to cutting him early? I don't think so. So, no. you know, wouldn't you wouldn't you go through training camp, think you got a guy, and see if he can play in the first game? Because he's a he's he's literally like one of the was that when he's healthy, one of the best left tackles in the game, and he's already totally on your agree. roster, and he's already you're already paying for him. I agree. I think the the fear on the outside from fans might be you get a repeat of this season or even the second to last season where, yeah, he's up. When he's up, he's great, but then he's down, and he's down a lot. And then, yes, we found somebody in Rasheed Walker, but shouldn't you just play Rasheed Walker then? Like, I understand the the thing for me is I think he'll be back, and I do think crossing fingers, he's – as healthy as possible and is able to get through 17, 16 games, like whatever. I think, yes, it makes a world of sense because he is so good. You want him out there. There's zero doubt about that. But I also know feelings can change. Vibes can change. The idea of I'm going to be back in September could be very different in May or March. Whenever but people you think know, we save money, we do not save money by cutting David Barker. No, that's the thing. That's the thing. You guys like are everyone crazy. wants to say we don't. There is no, no upside to hit, cutting him. <laughs> no. The cap hit, the if you cut him, you're literally taking on that cap hit for him to play somewhere else. Yep. That's it. He's still and counting no, against your cap that's the at thing. an insanely high level yep. for to go play probably at a high level for someone else. That well, makes the other thing no is sense is because of his injuries, you are not going to do the same thing that we did with Aaron Rodgers, which was genius, by the way, of like mm-hmm. making the Jets take on all that dead money. Or not right. dead well, money, but the making thing. them take on the, the, the 90 million, talk 50 about million and all him. that stuff. You're not trading him no anymore. One's Who's trading taking him? for him. No, no one's taking that contract on. No chance. Now, here's the outlier, right? And here's, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, we're going to talk all possibilities. Maybe he and Aaron... Talk about him joining Aaron in New York, and Bakhtiari works with the Jets kind of the same way Aaron did to rework his contract to make it palpable. That's the one possibility that I see where, okay, maybe he's not playing for the Packers next year, but I doubt it. I hear you. I hear you. uh, Everything that I've seen from him and social and things that we've seen over the year and the years is – Years. I do yeah. think there is a redemption play here for David that is really important to him to play for the Green Bay Packers and be successful for the Green Bay Packers. And, and look, why wouldn't why you wouldn't want you to give that with guy this that offense, yeah. this quarterback? I mean, come on, let's go win a ring, man. I'm like, look, never forget 
we had David on here on Cheesehead TV years ago talking about what do you – like it was training camp, right? And he was at your house, and we were talking about what do you look for in the rookies and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, dude, at this point, I don't care. Just go help me win a ring. Like he said that. You know, it's like he's at that point in his career where he's done everything he can do individually. He wants to win a championship. Well, and so who do you think is more likely? He hasn't done. Who is more likely to win a Super Bowl next year, the Jets or the Green Bay Packers? <sighs> I think that's neck and neck, actually. If Aaron comes back healthy, I mean, the Jets got to fix their offensive line, but they got a great, great fucking defense. I don't think Aaron can you play know? with a bad offensive line. I've never seen it. So, well, that's my point. They got to fix that, and David might be a part of that. That's my point. But yeah, I mean, I think the ring is the thing for Dave at this point. And I would suspect, yeah, that was probably something that would draw him back to Green Bay, especially with how exciting this offense was this year. Come yep. on. And he's in that locker room. He knows those guys. Yep. You know, if he wants in, fucking yes, a thousand percent, sign me up. We'll see. I mean, there's, there's a lot of levels here and a lot of context, but essentially, yeah, it doesn't make any sense for him to go play for someone else while you're dealing with that cap hit like in any way shape or form that's why i don't see him kind of outside of the one scenario i don't see it happen now we're gonna say all this and like we'll get done here and there'll be like some announcement dave will be tweeting oh i was watching the guys on transplants and uh you know uh yeah no i'm not coming back can't wait (laughs) uh the other big question mark the other huge question mark is aaron jones because i know like lots of people are just assuming he's back and i think he'll be back but it's not a foregone conclusion for one reason, and that's Drew Rosenhaus, who is his agent. And I know Aaron is the client. He can tell him, I want to be in Green Bay. But, man, you ain't giving these services away for free. How different did this team look with Aaron Jones on the field this year, down the stretch? You don't think that means something? You don't think that's valuable? You know what I mean? And I know he's got a contract. He's handsomely rewarded. I get all that. But, man, it ain't as simple as, okay, yeah, he's back. Yeah, I just think there'll be some conversation there, and I really well, do think he's maybe back, that but... maybe that is a restructure where he gets more guaranteed up front. It's a bigger deal. I hope so. That, that's my it. guess. You know, it's like that's a win-win kind of yeah. thing, right? Where it's like probably everybody wins and he gets more on. money, and he yeah. yeah, and he can he can we right. he can say he's the hot, one of the highest paid running backs. You know, it's it's really about a lot of times perception and then guaranteed money, right? And those yeah. are two things on a restructure that can benefit both parties. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, <laughs> now that we've gotten through the off-season questions that we had, I do want to touch on She Said TV's future here. This off-season, we are going to be having a pretty significant kind of, I don't know, what would you call it, Corey? Uh, content review. I mean, we're going to be doing a pretty deep dive. We're having into a fellowship of the content. Fellowship of the content. We are having a, a meeting with Al about everything we offer here at Cheesehead TV. Um, and look, if you have, we, we, want, we want your input as far as what you like, what you enjoy, what you'd like to see more of. Uh, you can hit up contact at cheeseheadtv.com. Uh, we're having this meeting uh, next week where we are going to take a very kind of holistic 30,000 foot view of everything we offer. And, you know, things that we do that we've always done, maybe won't be doing the exact same way going forward there'll be different kind of offerings and ways of doing things and diff- lots of different types of content that maybe we haven't offered in the past. 
But yes, this is going to be, we've, as you guys know, it's our first year kind of standing on our own as a business here at Cheesehead TV. It went pretty well. We definitely need to take it to another level. And hopefully that's where you guys come in. So that's the plan right now. Um, anything you want to add there, Corey? Uh, no, I agree. All right, let's yeah, get let to us super, know what let's you think. Super, let's do it. Let's get to uh, some super chats here. Dag, thanks for super chat. Yes, yes, yes. I could finally <laughs> enjoy third downs now. Yes. P.S. Good luck, Joe Barry. Thanks for super chat. Pack Daddy, best twenty-three stat. Only five quarters from the Super Bowl. Yep. True story. <sighs> that's tough. Joe Mailman. That's the story of the Green Bay Packers. Joe Mailman, what is more likely? Jim Leonard is near the top of the list of MLF's candidates for D.C. or not on the list at all? Not on the list at all. He's not even thinking about it. Not on the list at all. He's not on the list. The only reason fucking Nagler put him on the goddamn script is to piss me off. Okay? (laughs) And because people requested it on Twitter. But that it's not – he's not even (sighs) thinking about it because it's – he's not even at our level. Did you see the Green Bay Packers this year? He's not – He's not. If he gets an NFL job, it's going to be linebackers coach or fucking whatever, assistant quality control defense, whatever the fuck. He's got to start again, bro. <laughs> Kent Wakefield, thanks for super chat. Excited for a new DC for all the fans to wish we can fire every week. One hundred percent. Uh huh. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Mike Witt, Corey, number one on Bukowski's list is Jim Lent. Get the fuck out of here, Mike Witt. My <laughs> list is my list is Weaver from Ravens and Wink. <laughs> Reaver from Wavens is he is he on the chopping block? But we can't even talk to him until after the Super Bowl. So no, he's not uh, on the chopping block, but he's part of that Ravens juggernaut, no doubt. Orlowski says we should hire Rex Raven, Ray, Rex uh, Ryan. You mean his Rex colleague Ryan. at ESPN? Crazy, yeah. Hell, okay. Hell, never. No. Here's the thing: anytime anybody talks about fucking Dan Orlowski, never forget. Okay, never forget. He's a quarterback for the shitty ass Detroit Lions, who are good now. But just never forget, okay? Never forget. So I wouldn't trust a word out of his mouth. Ed Pierce, thanks for the super chat. Has there ever been a coach who's realized that they are very good at their level, so they turned down a promotion, linebacker to D.C., for example? Like self-awareness self-awareness as a coordinator? I'm sure that's happened. I want to say yes, but I can't remember a specific example. I would think, you know, what, what I would think is, I would think it's more along the lines of guys. I think there's more of guys who got the head coach chance and then they went back to being a coordinator and then they just right. love the staff. They realize they're on, that's what they're good at. And they, yeah, they, yeah, they love the, the team and the, the, the coach and everything. On Culture Barbarian, hey, Banky, you ever hear of Mark Tauscher? I can imagine your eight rage when the terrorist accepts the offer this time around. Um, okay, Culture, I really appreciate the super chat. <laughs> I have heard of Mark Tauscher. I do not think he, I love that that's it I, though. Like everybody is starting yeah. and stopping at Mark Tauscher. Yeah. They're Great. like Mark Tauscher. The outlier that JJ Watt. the point. TJ Watt. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, they didn't play for us. Also, JJ Watt never got a ring. Should have bro, he should have he should have traded to the Packers. I don't know why JJ Watt didn't try to get a trade to the Packers. That was crazy. Well, he said no, no, no. There was that offseason, right? before he signed with the Cardinals where Apparently, you know, there was a chance or something, and he said that someday he'll tell that story. So I'm excited to hear that. Yeah, I want to hear that. Also, there, yeah, there's no ways. There's no, Ryan Willie, thanks, Super Chat. I can't wait to see the Packers next season and beyond. The future is so bright. Thank you, Ryan. Come on, Ryan. Appreciate you. Amen. Jocelyn, holy crap. Jocelyn with the nice support for Cheesehead TV. Really appreciate it. I want a defense whose presence is palpable. I want opposing fans to breathe a sigh of relief for merely staying ahead of the sticks on first down. And on third and long, I want them with clinched buttholes fearing a sack or pick. <laughs> ha! 
Jocelyn, I also that's wish this. That's a that's a T-shirt right there. <laughs> Kaleo. Thanks for the super chat. Go Pack Go. I want Evero for DC. Yeah, a lot of people want Evero. I like you, Kaleo. A lot of people, a lot of people. I, I don't care. I just <laughs> want somebody good. Banky having to cheer for Jim Leonard will be a great twist for this program. Thanks, JP, for the super chats. Never fucking happening, but appreciate it. <laughs> on Culture Barbarian. This week on a special Brandy and the Barbarian, we discuss potential DC candidates while I marvel at the amount of champagne Brandy consumes now that the bad, men, bad man can't harm her anymore. Thank you for the super chat. Mike Witt, why didn't they activate Cox Jr. on Saturday? Weird. I think it's mostly special teams driven. Oh, here, here you go. Mike Witt, Caleb Jones will be the new Yash, in my opinion. Interesting. He's got a chance. He's got to grab that opportunity. If he can stay Mike. healthy this camp, I think he's got a shot at it. Mike Witt's got a lot of super chat. So draft an inside linebacker in first round and cut 59. Dude is done. Mike. We talked a lot about 59. And I doubt they'd draft another inside linebacker in the first round like they did. It's going to be a corner. I'd be shocked. It's going to be a corner. Number one. Whoever is their number one corner on the draft. Especially at 25. Yeah. It'd probably be a safety at 25. You get good value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Anderson. Better third round kicking gem. Ray Stackowitz, Brett Conway, or BJ Sander? LOL. (sighs) Why why you got to do this to us, Jason? Why you want to drag us down? Why you want to put those names in my head? I'm going to choose D. No, I'm going to say D is Anders Carlson, and then I'm going to choose E, none of the above. Okay? So there you go with that. Uncultured. You know what? I'm just adding him to, like, another fucking idiot we drafted. Uncultured Barbarian. The first 10 minutes of my therapy appointment on Monday was filled with F-bombs and Joe Barry. Therapist is a Packers (laughs) fan. She understood. (laughs) Thanks for the super chat. Sharif Dijani, I love looking at the stats from AR's first year and J-Loves. The caliber of the team in AR's first year was beyond amazing. We are in great hands. Really great point, Sharif. Thank you for the super chat. 100% Very much agree. Crazy. Also, I, I do think the other thing, and we've said this before, is I think the ability of coaching staffs to recognize when players need to go into the game is really the difference in most teams. And the fact that, you know, we, you don't know what you have until a guy gets injured is not a strategy, in my opinion. And it feels like much that's agreed. it feels like that's been the NFL. It's like we're so afraid to start the next guy a lot of times, and we don't really know what we have. It's like it's like you have all these standards, but until you put a guy out in the game, you don't know what you have. And the fact that we didn't have any other choice, I think, is really kind of incredible for – for us to have that ability and then see what we had, it's 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 in, it's in, it's in, it's insanity. Scott Dockendorf, thank you for being our go-to source of Packers news and game day second screen experience. Cheesehead TV is live now to beat Nagler at Madden. Thanks, Scott. Come on, Scott, bring it. I got a I got a tip for you, Scott. If you want to beat Nagler at Madden, all you got to do is uh, challenge him to play outside in the cold, and just like Anders Carlson, he will choke like a little baby. Uh, Something yeah. like that. He, it, Aaron Nagler is the Anders Carlson of Madden in the cold. Okay. If his hands start getting cold, Len Beebe's got his number. I'm just telling you, it's crazy. Thomas Wade, 97. I really hope Nixon is back next year. Special teams needs him. Do you think Matt goes for a young positions coach as a DC or sticks with more established older DC? Also, we need to draft another MLB middle linebacker beside to go with Quay. 
lot going on there. Um, I suspect he'll Thomas. get a young up-and-coming coach. I'd be surprised if he goes with an older, old head. Belichick. Go with Belichick. That's just guesswork. <laughs> right. Would be the greatest hire in Green Bay Packers oh. history since Vince Lombardi. Would be all right, all right. Very Mike good. Witt, thanks to Super Chat. Don't forget about UDFAs like Emmanuel Wilson, too. How did we forget no about No doubt. Him? Oh, we just didn't talk about Well, because you were going through the draft class, and Wilson definitely contributed. Oh, no yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point, actually, Mike. Thank you. Braden LaPan, Corey, Puka was taken in round five, but Wicks is awesome. Puka Nukua. With the Rams, Aaron, one offensive player of the year or whatever. Harper, I want Ron Rivera or Lovey Smith. Oh, yeah, Ron Rivera is available. That's interesting. No, not Ron Rivera. Not Ron Why? Rivera. Why? He's, he's good on defense. I'd love Lovey Smith, but not Ron Rivera. No. Lovey Smith would be, like, a little bit funny because it would be, like, us It would be amazing. The, it would be us doing to the Bears and Vikings what they do to us. Yes. I'd love that. He Soder. And that'd be a four. That'd be a four three for you, Corey. Oh, that's that's crazy. New DC with the same <laughs> assistance is that fastest path to more of the same? Hire the guy that can bring in a cadre of new positional coaches. So super chat. I'm with you, Soder, and that was the one thing in Domofsky's report that kind of sent shivers down my spine. As far as oh, they could maybe keep Barry in another position. Although I do think that's just them being like, okay, we're going to keep all our options open. Um, but yes, I'm with you. I think they need whoever comes in to be able to bring in all of their own people. But that's pretty, that's typically how it's done though, isn't it? Typically, but Barry didn't, you know, Barry kept a lot of the same guys. They brought in one or two new people. You're going to say you keep everybody until you hire the next guy. Until you hire. The same thing the triangle does with Matt, where it's like, okay, you get to hire all your people, you know, or, or keep them, you know, that's most likely how it'll transpire. But you never I also think if you're a DC and you're coming in, you're probably going to watch a shitload of tape and then figure out, okay, what's locked in? Is my D-line locked in? Okay, I'm going to keep my D-line coach because I don't really have one, and the guy I have is working at the Raven. You know, it's it's a little bit of that probably. No, I got you. Yep. Mike Witt, what does Corey hate more, Michaels or the Badgers? What's Michaels? Oh, Bill Michaels? Bill Michaels isn't even in my top five. I always forget about him. So I don't. I guess I would say the Badgers so definitely not qualifying. Yeah, you know when Aaron Rodgers during the Jets was saying, "I don't know who you are" to a defensive lineman for the other team. Right. That's me to Bill Michaels. The, I, the I Jets versus Giants preseason game. Yeah, I feel. Yeah. Like, gotcha. Yeah. Mike Witt, thanks for chat. Was that a good buy note yesterday from twenty three guys? No, it wasn't. No, no. He's just thankful, no. just feeling it. Great year. It. He's rejuvenated. No, he likes Instagram. Now. Mike Witt, more <laughs> Packers trivia this off season, please. Mike, thanks for super chat. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, probably not. The problem with, but we'll the see pro- what we can do. Here's the problem with Packers trivia: it costs a lot to do, and it, we don't get a lot of people watching it. So you know, it's like Joey and Mike Witt and Big B. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. So we and love they you. fight about who wins and who's yeah. cheating, and yeah, no. Jerry Weiss Corbley, thanks for being a Patreon member, Jerry. Thanks for your chat about Bakhtiari. We should do anything to keep Aaron Jones. This show is my favorite of all. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it. Appreciate you uh, coming on the Patreon Happy Hour and supporting Chief say, Good to see you on. Good and, to see you on Happy Hour every week. Thanks no matter so where you are in a in the in the world, it seemed like you uh, still joined us for Happy Hour. So uh, shout out to you. 
Cheeto 0218. I just talked to Jim Leonard. He's interested. Valid source. <laughs> of course he's interested. He, ha- he has nothing going on. He literally has nothing going on. Like, honestly, probably his biggest regret is in life is turning down Matt LaFleur, to be honest with you. I, I mean, it's got to be up there, right? Considering what ended up happening. <laughs> I think, yeah, he's probably sitting there going, I could have been defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. He could, he could have been Joe Barry getting fired. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to Ralph, passed over for the job in Madison. Yeah. Ralph Renucci, we need another top running back to go with Jones. Uh, we have one. His name is A.J. Dillon. Thanks. Well, he's set to be a free agent. Uh, I suspect there's a good chance he's back. But, yes, I agree. They will undoubtedly draft somebody. They will they're going to draft somebody, somebody who... but I don't think they're going to draft somebody high, okay. by the way. No, no, no. It'll be much like Jones. It'll, it'll be a day three guy, most likely. I mean – it would be cool if they drafted in the second round, only because PFF would like have a conniption fit about it. <laughs> Keith Peterson, <laughs> thanks for super chat. Great meeting you both during happy hour yesterday. Keith, thanks for thanks for coming on. And uh, thanks, Keith. Thanks for coming on and saying hi. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, buddy. Andrew's Paradise with the twelve sixty five. I like it. Pride still matters. Remember, we are a part of the greatest franchise in sports. Proud of our pack and proud to call you all my cheering mates. Go pack, go. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Wendy Vance, I need to quit going to away games. They have never won. They never win. Oh, I'm sorry, Wendy. Wendy, Wendy keep going. Sorry. They'll win one day. Keep They'll going. win. The odds, exactly. the odds are And in when your they favor. do, you're going to be like, oh, my God, this is the greatest day ever. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, Carl Van Beckham, thanks for your work in 2023. I vote for Evero. It looks like Evero has all the votes, two, two, two all the votes. <laughs> oh, wait, we got, we got one more. JP. The best thing about this last season is watching Vikings and Bears fans squirm. As excited as we are for the future, they are equally nervous. 100%. Great love point. Um, Absolutely Great, love great, it. great, great point. And also, like, the Green Bay Packers delivered. You know, yeah, we lost the Vikings once. We beat the Bears twice. We beat the Vikings once. You know, we beat the, we beat the Bears in the first game of the season. That game, when I look back on it, it was an incredible game. And just really, honestly, was a foreshadowing of the season we were about to see. And that is not always the case in the first game of the season. So um, very, very happy we had that game, and I'm really looking forward to the season. And uh, that's where we're at, Nagler. Awesome. I want to give a shout-out, as does Corey, to all of our Patreon members. You hear Corey talking about happy hours. We do it all off-season long, not just in-season. Had our happy hour for this week last night. If you want to join, please hit up patreon.com slash TV. Anything you can do to support us, we really appreciate. As well as here on YouTube, all the Carry the G Club members, you guys are the bomb.com. Make watch parties tons of fun. Cannot thank you enough for the support. You got anything else for the fine folks before we head out, Corey Banky? That's what I got. That'll do it for this episode of Packer Transplants Live. We'd like to thank everybody who makes Cheesehead TV part of their daily Packers routine. We are and will always be devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. I think it's a fluid situation, and we're, we're, I know you guys love it, especially Nagler. I can see you smirking at me right there. Uh, we're going to take it one day at a time, and, uh, and just, it's going to be fluid, though. That's all I can tell you.